0: back to It's All Her, the podcast. I'm your host, Geordie Lucas. I'm the founder and editor of It's All Her. I was an actress in a previous life and I'm a mum to a toddler. I've got a lot going on and I have a passion for helping women live simpler, better lives. For the latest in lifestyle and entertainment news, head to itsallher.com. Well, it happened. <laughs> I said it was going to last week and I was right... I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but COVID got me. So I've been sick all week. My two-year-old caught it very mildly, luckily. Um, Of course, my fiancé has managed to dodge the whole thing, which is typical. But as I am recording this, we are day five of isolation. It hasn't been too bad. And honestly, I do feel crappy, but I've definitely been sicker. I ended up getting tonsillitis as well, which I am prone to after a cold or a virus. So it is hard to tell which symptoms are COVID and which are the tonsillitis. I am so, so grateful that um, this has been mild for myself and my daughter. I'm fully vaccinated and neither of us have any underlying conditions. So it was to be expected, but there was still anxiety there, especially when she started to develop symptoms. I had so much guilt for passing it on to her. You never want to see your child sick, but when you know that you've passed it on to them, it's yeah, not fun. But it feels like we're on the other side of it now and all things going well, we will be out of isolation this week. Let's get into this episode's interview with Lauren Jackson. Now, Lauren is one of Australia's most successful basketball players. She represented Australia in the Olympics, but she's also played in Chinese, Korean and American leagues. And late last year, I caught up with Lauren to talk about her career, why she was disappointed with her retirement and why she's turned to CBD oil to treat her chronic pain. We also spoke about how motherhood has changed her relationship with her body, and of course, how she keeps life simple for herself. Here's my chat with Lauren Jackson. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you. I played basketball as a young girl and and idolized you. How have you been? It's been a crazy year, hasn't it?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, it has been nuts, absolutely nuts. I think just with uh, COVID the last two years and the lockdowns and just the uncertainty around everything, it's definitely sort of changed the way we live and mm. probably subconsciously as well, you know, um, the way that we normally would go about our business, it's sort of changed and trying to plan anything, any you know, anywhere in the future is really, really difficult because we just don't know what's going to happen. So.
0: Yeah. So, you are one of the most decorated Australian basketball players. What are some of your earliest memories of the game? Well, you know, I think just being around the stadium here in Albury and watching
1: my parents play and coach and, um, you know, I I just remember being at the basketball courts and if I was tired, I'd, you know, get under the bench and go to sleep under the seats or (laughs) In, and today, you know, I just was shooting um, with some friends just then and the ball where it landed, um, you know, up sort of above, just below the windows and stuff, it landed yeah. there. But, oh, my God, that just reminded me of something I did when I was 10 years old. So yeah. it's funny, but just those moments um, in the stadium and I guess because I've moved back home, you know, where I was born and raised, I, I yeah. get to sort of a lot of the uh, old memories that sort of come flooding back. So... it's special yeah
0: and aside from your height when did you realize that you could potentially make a career out of playing the sport well my mum and dad
1: both represented Australia and my mum actually was um one of the first female basketballs to go over to college in America and play so she went to LSU in the 70s and I, you know, I just wanted to follow my mom's footsteps, you know, when I was two, my grandmother cut her Australian uniform down for me. And I, there's all these photos of me in Australian uniforms from when I was a baby. Yeah. So, um, I, I guess I just always thought I would be a basketballer and I never considered that I would be anything else. So, um, and I was really fortunate to have had parents that had done it themselves. So it was a real achievable goal and something that yeah. Um, was right there and um, definitely something that I could do. So, and I loved it. You know, right from the minute I picked up a basketball, I was obsessed with it. Um, mm. My brother, on the other hand, hated it. You know, he hated basketball. He was six foot eight, and um, he's wow. six foot eight. just in love with trains. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> trains. Um, what a waste. <laughs> well, he wouldn't say that because he's actually really like good at what he does, but he. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and just never really got into basketball. So yeah. um, me, I think I was just born to do it. It was my destiny.
0: Yeah. So you had an incredible career, but if you had to pick some of the highlights, what would they be?
1: Oh, look, there, there are a lot of highlights. Um, I think, you know, obviously winning the World Championship was so special because I was representing Australia um, in the green and gold. And... um what else? I think a lot of it, just uh, WNBA championships. Um, I think that first MVP was really, really special over in America mm-hmm. in 2003 because I was the first foreigner um, and I was so young. You know, I think yeah. it was, was about 23 or something um, and or 22. And I, yeah, just never thought that that would happen. And then the same thing with the Hall of Fame just recently, the Naismith Hall of Fame, I was, that was pretty special.
0: Yeah. And so you had... A string of injuries, and you ended up retiring because of an ongoing knee condition. And you have been quoted saying that you didn't, it didn't end quite the way you wanted it to. Hi. How did you reconcile that? I mean, you've got this injury, but you, in your heart, you want to go on. How did you come to that decision to actually walk away?
1: Well, the injury itself. I had in 2014 um, when I was playing in China and it was a degenerative issue. So uh, nobody knew that it was sort of happening. And it was, it was an interesting one too because for years, you know, I'd get this pain in the back of my knee and, and nobody could figure out what it was, like MRIs. Mm. And then it would go away and I never thought anything about it until it flared up again the next time and so I yeah when I was in China I felt it rip like so that pain actually then like ripped I felt it rip in the back of my knee and um you know obviously there's a, a big language um difference there and and they speak Mandarin and I uh didn't understand anything the coach was saying to me he didn't understand anything I was saying to him and it got to the point where um look I was just in so much pain that I was crying like I, I sort of jumped in a jump ball, and my knee, yep, yeah, just ripped. Like I felt, it <sighs> was bizarre. And um, he wouldn't sub me off. So I'm playing in this first half of the game, and the and the coach would not sub me off. And I mean, I was in tears. Like, and I've never been like that on a basketball court. And um, at halftime, I just said, "Mate, I've got to go home. I can't. I've got to go home and get this scene because it's whatever it is. I cannot run. I can't move." Yeah. So I ended up leaving the club. We got to the playoffs and everything and I had to leave them, um, you know, right when we hit playoffs. But, you know, it was the end of my career. So, I mean, in hindsight, looking back, it, it was one of those things where I just... <laughs> and then, look, it was a from that point on until 2016 when I retired, it was surgery after surgery because I was rushing back to try and get back to different teams, different tournaments, and I just kept re-injuring it. Um and, yeah, for two years I just really was suffering um, a lot and, and a lot of surgeries. So I think in my mind I was kind of like when the doctor said to me, this is it, you can't. You cannot come back from this, I was kind of relieved because yeah, I just right. – and I would said to them too, you know, if you don't think I can go on, you need to say it because I can't say it because I think I knew in my heart that it was never going to get better. And yeah. the last injury I did was a torn ACL and then I got a bloody staph infection. Um, Oh and that was it. Like, that was the the last straw. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the, the doctors finally said to me, you know, this is it. And I, you know, I was relieved. I was relieved mm-hmm. because I was able to get off all the medication. I was able to start the rest of my life and move on. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it was hard. Don't get me wrong. Like, when you do retire, it, like, there's a moment where you're like, oh, my God, what am I going to do with myself? But in the same breath, there was just so much to look forward to.
0: But you still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel yeah. me? Loading them up on. It, it only takes structure. And, and you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah. Know what I mean? So do do your homies uh got a role in your in your little you know? Man? Yeah, yeah. We all
1: we all artists over here, man. I'm y'all trying, already? Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. trying, oh, I'm, yeah. trying, I'm, trying oh, yeah. I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah. Quiet. Look, look, look. We
0: all artists, man. We go you feel me, we're gonna have this like Bro, me and my man, like me and my man Kyle, we'd be like, I don't know, we, playing, we playing <laughs> don't right play we play with this shit. I gotta lie, we play with this shit right now for, for a real. Oh, don't gonna lie. play with don't it, play with it. Nah. take that shit soon. Yeah, I was gonna say, did you sort of come up against a bit of an identity crisis? I mean, so much of your life has been dedicated to being a basketball player, and then all of a sudden you walk away. Uh-huh. Was there a bit of a like yeah? You know, who am I without this sport and this part of me?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, there was, but I really invested a lot of time in studying and, and trying to get myself just a degree so that at least I had something behind me so that I could, you know, go into something different and find mm. a passion somewhere else. And you know, I was really fortunate to pick up a gig um, with one of the WNBL clubs, um, which was great. gave me a little bit of experience. I did some more work experience with the ACT government as well for a period of time, um, and then I sort of got my dream job, which was with Basketball Australia, and working um, in the WNBL. So that was yeah. that was really cool. And now I head up women in basketball. So it's been look, I've I sort of really. Made a point of um, upskilling and and um, getting as many or taking as many opportunities that came my way because I knew that I didn't have that skill set. Yeah, and I needed to find what I was good at. Um, and look, I'm st- it's still a daily thing. Like I'm still learning. My CEO, our CEO at Basketball Australia, great guy. He's really um, helping me sort of hone in on on skills and things that he thinks are gonna sort of push me into being a better leader, I suppose, and that's really exciting. And it's been great because I've had a lot of people around me in my career that have um, really tried to help me and sort of seen potential in me as well. So,
0: yeah. I was having this conversation with um, Holly Furling on the podcast a few weeks ago, and she's an Aussie cricketer, um, and she was saying how important it is for female athletes, especially to have other things going on, because often female athletes aren't paid yeah. a full-time wage where do you think i mean obviously women need to be paid more but how do you think we change that and get the eyes on 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 more women's sport to actually make that happen
1: i think that there's a lot of things that you know need to change And i mean look a lot of it we we talk about the way that women are spoken about you know um not just you know in sport but in life Mm. Um, so, you know, breaking down those barriers and those stereotypes and we're still doing that. I mean, it's every single day I, I still hear something. And I'm like, that's kind of, it's still that's yeah. kind of, that's, you know, a little bit not, you know, that's not how you should be thinking about things. But I think that there's a lot to say as well for representation in the media and, and those media quotas for women's sport, particularly in nightly news, national news, and in the, in the um papers and things like Mm. that so I think there's a long way to go in that sense um and and yeah like I said just change of language change of mindset around female athletes and it's happening slowly yeah
0: yeah. Um, but there's also like like, I feel like a lot of female athletes are sexualized as well I can't remember the the footballer's name but um she's an AFLW player and there was a photo of her kicking the ball up and it was like this yeah. And it's like that never happens to men. Like men are never sexualized in that way. Yeah, no. I mean, look, I
1: think that there is still a long way to go. Um, and I think, you know, you're right. It's, it's interesting how people sort of look at female athletes and just, you know, incredible athletes uh, with skill and, and flexibility and strength and everything. And I think sometimes people don't know, you know, how to um, talk about that without sexualizing women because yeah. it's always been you know like oh wow yeah, I, I do not want to say it myself because there's no point but it just to me I think it's a, a change in language change in narrative mm. and and like I said I think you know we need to talk about quotas you know in the media um I think that's something really important because um there's still just not enough representation um on the tv at night time we still just get blown away with football and um rugby and and all those very male dominated sports. So Yeah, yeah. Yep.
0: Just going back to the the injuries that you had and, and the pain that you had and um, I know that you were able to sort of come off painkillers after retiring and you have recently opened up about your use of medicinal cannabis for your chronic pain. Yep. So where did that start and who sort of recommended that that would be an option for you? I well you know actually um
1: one of my best friends over in America became an advocate for CBD or so Sue Bird um yeah and and I said to her I I was like wow I'm so impressed with what you're doing she's like it's amazing you need to try it so I went and spoke to my GP here and um, and that was probably last year middle of last year Mm -hmm. and um they prescribed it to me and I started using it then. And I, honestly, it was probably, yeah, April last year. I felt incredible, but it was just so expensive. And it was just, a, you know, um, it was one of those things where it wasn't sustainable for me to be taking taking it and paying that much money. So I was just, yeah. I put it on the back burner and then the opportunity came up for me to um, go on a trial, a medical trial through Levin Health. And um, so I did it you know, and it was, it's, it's given me the opportunity to recover. So what was happening was I was trying to get back into the gym. I was trying to go for a run or whatever. My knee would fall up. I'd be out for two weeks and then it wasn't, I couldn't keep doing that. I couldn't yeah. keep coming back. And um, for me, it's been the recovery aspect that's, it's really helped. I think it's mm. um, in terms of the um, inflammation, anti-inflammation properties. Um, yeah. It's definitely, I've noticed a huge difference in my recovery time and that's that's been the biggest thing for me.
0: Yeah. So would you say that uh, in terms of, say, taking a, a prescribed, um, you know, painkiller versus taking the CBD oil or medicinal cannabis, how do you, what's the difference in terms of how you feel? Does it, because does it, I think there's this stigma that it's, weed or that it's going to alter your mindset or something like that like how does it actually alter your mind frame at all
1: it doesn't no so i'm um i've only been taking cbd oil so it's yep. um, I, i'm sure people um people are learning a lot more about it at the mm. moment THC is a psychoactive drug in yep. marijuana and there's no THC in um, CBD oil. Yep. so that's that's what I take and I um, yeah my mindset it doesn't change you know my function functional mm-hmm. capabilities during the day and everything and you know I find that um, like I said just in respect to training I think you know I, I managed to get sort of all facets of my life really working quite well and you know mum of two little boys and working and everything and my health just became a priority um, in the last couple of years because I really want to be able to raise them and show them what a really strong um physical physically capable mum looks like mm. and um I just couldn't do it I couldn't get back in the gym I couldn't get on the court with them I was struggling playing with them out in the backyard and um yeah this this has just changed all of that for me and it's it's been so um so helpful so i just i feel really good about it and it's something that i want to talk about because if it can help other people then i definitely want to to be someone that would advocate for that yeah it works for everybody but for me it's made a massive
0: massive difference Mm. and so the trial and the feedback from from what you're hearing what do you think the future might hold for it in australia there's a lot of research
1: being done and Levin Health at the moment um, have, have uh, invested in a lot of the research and the trials that are happening at the moment, which is really exciting. And for me, I'm actually part of their Sport Advisory Board now, so just to be able to learn about that stuff um, yeah. is, is super important to me as well. Um, obviously, if you want to put your name to something, you want to know about it. Um, so, look, I'm just part of that process at the moment and, um just learning as much about it as I can, um, yeah. and be as informed as I can be. But you know, it's um, uh, look. I feel a million times better than I did two years ago, and um, I think it shows. And and the way that I'm able to train again, you know, I want to try and get back out on the basketball court um, at whatever level. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Just, I want to be able to do that and do it pain free.
0: Yeah. Gosh, a domestic team would be pretty pretty lucky to. <laughs> I,
1: <laughs> I look terrible at the moment because I've just been training this morning. Actually, so I am um, it, it's been a real game changer for me. It's changed my life, and obviously my mindset's changed a lot since I was a professional athlete because I really have to focus. Well, my my main priority is my kids, you know, yeah. and I just be as healthy as possible for them. And you know, um, it's it's been a game changer.
0: Yeah, and how else did your relationship with your body and your mind and everything changed when you became a mom
1: well look when you know we sort of touched on before the surgeries and everything that I was going through with my knee I um I was on a lot of medication at that point too you know I was struggling with anxiety and um a lot of other sort of mental issues that I, I really um you know I've talked a little bit about but it was just I think a lot of it also had to do with just the way that um the injuries just really took a toll, you know. And so I was on a lot of pain medication, a lot of pain medication at the time. So I was sort of in a bit of a fog most of the time. Um, I just wasn't myself. I, I felt like a shell of a human being. And um, when I retired, I the minute I retired, I said to my mum, right, I've got to get off all of this crap. You know, I've got to get off yeah. it now. So I had a half knee replacement. <laughs> and then um, at week six, I think we got rid of everything um out of my house and it, it actually felt like I, I I don't know I got the shakes I was I went through a lot for about a week wow um and that was it I just said right this is never again and um you know I've been true to that and it's yeah my life has completely changed um but you know the whole pain thing you don't have to I don't have to be in pain anymore which is just me mm. Yeah,
0: yeah. So what does 2022 hold for you? 2022, it's a big year. I don't know. Um, <laughs>
1: Hopefully no COVID. <laughs> no. Well, look, I think it's spreading so quickly at the moment. Yeah. I think we're all going to get it at some point. It's frightening, right? Like mm, I think yeah. that's something that I've just talked to my parents about this morning, but, you know, it's frightening to think that its we're all going to get it at some point. Um, so, you know, I'm just going through it at the moment. For me, you know, my kids aren't vaccinated, so I feel... Yeah, um,
0: I feel that as well.
1: Yeah, it worries me. It worries yeah. me a bit. Um, but also, too, we live right next to my parents who, you know, they've got sort of underlying health things as well, and I just really am concerned about them catching it. So same as everybody. We've all got this happening in the back of our minds, probably placing a little bit more pressure and anxiety on us than we would like. But 2022 hopefully will be a good year for work, for, for play, you know, um, and yeah, just see where it takes me. I'd love to be
0: playing, playing some basketball and I might be, who knows. Yeah. So just to finish off, we're all about making life simpler and better for women. How do you make your life simpler and better for yourself?
1: Oh, look um i think it, it a lot of stuff comes with age and maturity just learning what your body needs what you need um you know for me personally uh i'm a single mom with my two little boys i need sleep so <laughs> however i get that sleep at night um and at the moment it's actually bringing them both into bed with me and they go to sleep and I can study. I can, I'm, I'm studying at the moment as well. So, um, but then I get to sleep with them and hold them and there's no drama mm. during the night. So it's sort of, um, it's just little things like knowing what works and then yeah. going with it. Um, and so, you know, just making life a little bit easier, just taking the time to really understand what, what gives you those little moments that you don't like and then trying to stay away from them and, and making um, little plans around all of it.
0: Yeah. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us on the show this week. I've loved chatting with you and all the best for 2022 and hope to see you back on the court. Yeah, I know, wouldn't it be cool? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of It's All Her. If you have loved this episode, please rate review and subscribe wherever you listen, share it with a friend and I'll be back in your ears very soon.